Welcome to Bundle Buddies, the podcast where we play indie video games from HDIO and beyond. My name is Alex Honnett. My name is Eric Taylor Roth. And our producer is Matthew Haddock. We started playing through the HDIO Bundle for Racial Justice and Equality when it was launched in June 2020, raising over $8 million for charitable causes. We have since added even more bundles and games that celebrate the spirit of indie gaming and social justice. This is episode 84, and we have played 229 of the 3,451 games in our bundles, and we promise to play all of them. Thank you for joining us today. Hello. Oh, it's great to have you all. It's hot as shit in Los Angeles. We're all melting. Everybody's hot night. I'm melting because I have freaking COVID. Yeah. How are you feeling? I'm feeling fine. It was a the, the first day. I, I got it last week. I started a Monday night. I was like, oh, my throat feels a little weird. But um, I had been recording with Matt, actually, the podcast in like my office. And whenever that happens, I always get kind of dehydrated. So I was like, drank a bunch of water. It's like, OK, we'll see how I feel. Woke up at three in the morning and my throat felt, felt fucking weird. And I was like, oh, shit. Got up, went and took a test. It was like instantly like the, the thing was like, oh, yeah, you got yeah. COVID. Oh, yeah. 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 So after 15 minutes, it was like, you have COVID. I woke up Katie and then went and slept on the couch to mm-hmm. not infect her any more than I already had. Yeah. Um, and then the next morning uh, was just like, felt like absolute shit. Woke up that morning and sort of like got the battle lines drawn. And I've just been laying extremely low ever since. Mm. Wow. I'm sorry. It's okay. The funny thing about it is like, I think because, you know, I was double vaccinated and all that, like I, and had my booster, I um, really didn't get like that sick. The first day was rough. And then every day since then I've felt a little bit better. And then today I feel fine. Like I, I, I still have like, I think what's interesting is like on the other side of it, now I can feel like some limited lung capacity a little bit comparatively to how I felt before, sure. but that's kind of it, you know? And yeah. my voice might sound a little different to to any eagle eared listeners. Yeah, dude, you sound kind of hot. I know. You sound I think sort of sexy now. I think I'm getting really good at this. Oh baby. Oh my um, god. But when <laughs> it was very funny because it was three in the morning. I'm sitting there, I'm like, I have COVID. I'm gonna be like stuck inside for the next week. So I just pulled the plug and bought an expensive modern JRPG. Uh, to play the whole time and i sunk 40 hours into xenoblade chronicles 3 over the last week and do you love it oh i love it oh my god what's the what's like the the plot um in a world where everyone is there's two countries that are at war Mm -hmm. everyone only lives for like 10 years and then they when they die their energy goes to these like energy uh repositories called flame clocks and the whole point of making war is to collect energy from people's uh from people's lives ending and you play uh sort of a group of people who finally sort of break that um uh reality and start to find out the dark conspiracy at the center of it cool yeah, and it's extremely JRPG, so like very, very melodramatic, um, weird anime stuff. It's it's actually great. There's like so much anime shit, and then noticing we're like, there. This game I would say is like hugely dependent on cutscenes to inform character, mm-hmm. um, and the acting, the voice acting is really, really good. But you you end up just watching these 
people hang out for a long time. Um, and then in like the big battles, there will be these moments when the bad guys are like, how is this possible? No, it's <laughs> impossible. <laughs> Every time it fucking rips. It's great. Uh, so I've been having a lot of, you know what? COVID Novid. Who cares? I've just been playing a JRPG for 40 hours. Okay. All right. Donald Trump. Okay. They're Trumpy. Oh my um, God. I'm yeah. Sorry. I'm anime Donald Trump. <laughs> JRPG loving Donald Trump. Uh, I'm glad you found this. It sounds like actually the perfect way. I feel like growing up when I got sick, I would play a lot of video games. And whenever I am sick now, that's how I played like all of Gwent in The Witcher. It was just like, I'm sick. (laughs) (laughs) I got to play all Gwent. I got to get all the cards. Um, Uh, It's sad that now there's only one bundle buddy left who hasn't had COVID in two, Eric. So watch out. Oh, fuck. I mean, I already played too many video games. Maybe I'll read a book if I get COVID. No, I'll play. I'll just... <laughs> but it's just going to be Apex Legends. Like, it's not... I don't... Yeah. Just getting even more frustrated because of the brain fog. Yeah, god damn it. What the fuck um, is my team doing? So we should tell listeners, we're heading into um, our break. So yeah. th- we got two more podcasts after this one. Um, we're going to go through the end of August. And then we're taking our typical uh three to three months to one year hiatus <laughs> we'll see we, we always put we'll put it back down then we'll pick it back up when we're ready to do it again but I think, you know yeah, it's keep keep it uh keep it keep your ears, ears peeled i think we'll do like little things every now and again during you, that time you can probably hear me over the past you know three months of episodes get to a very like just get you know we're playing a lot of games and <laughs> It's starting to get, yeah, I don't know. It's the experience of like picking up a lot of games and like learning rules to a lot of games and then like playing, you know, enough of them to have an opinion on them is, um, I don't know, it's taxing and it kind of, it puts you in, in the wrong like headspace for what this thing is, right? I, I think, uh, I think Matt put it really well where he's like, yeah, I mean, you guys created a podcast that was extremely like difficult and like unwieldy by design because you thought it was funny right and then we didn't think about like the reality of it being very difficult and unwieldy by design like to do it uh every time yeah i um yeah i don't know i so like even in this episode where what you're about to hear like it's maybe a little flippant about some of these you know about an experience because when you start to like get into this kind of repetitive state, I think, you know, one of the joys of the podcast is you find very cool experimental things or very well-designed and polished things are very strange by, you know, the fact that they're not well-designed and polished things. And then there's also like a repetitive nature of, you know, finding something that is like totally fine designed, but it's also, you know, a game, you know, a space that you've tread before. So, um, and I'm, I'm maybe a little bit less uh, tolerant of that experience right now as we kind of move through this. So, so we'll see. We got two episodes left in this season, season two of Bundle Buddies, and then we'll take some time off and re meet and and figure out if we can retool it, or if we just want to take a break for a long time and reconnect on the road, or if maybe that's it, folks. You you never know with these creative projects. Maybe it's run its course. Uh, it's certainly stranger things have happened. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there stranger is things one have happened than a podcast coming to its natural end. <laughs> and, you know, stranger things only got five seasons. That's so, true. Yeah. you know, 
Yeah. Uh, but we still promise to play every single game in the bundle, and that'll be happening no matter what. Um, so this episode uh, is a really good one. We have on Malort, uh, who is a wonderful drag queen and comedian in Chicago that I knew from improv comedy. Eric was meeting for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a great time talking with them just about their uh, experiences growing up in Phoenix. One thing I didn't mention about that I found so interesting was growing up in like Boston and Chicago, respectively, it was like our times were flipped because winter was when I played the most video games when it was like too cold to go outside. Oh yeah. yeah. And for him, it was summer because it was too hot to go outside during summer vacation. I thought that was really, well, I don't know, maybe not interesting, but it was something. All right. You're, you're, spo- you're, you're spoiling it. <laughs> Get excited. Spoilers abound. Uh, our cause is once again, any abortion fund, uh, we're still donating to the national network of abortion funds, uh, collective power fund, which redistributes direct abortion funding to 28 member abortion funds across more than 20 states that are concentrated in the South and Midwest, where it's often hardest to get abortion. Uh, bad news continues to mount for, uh, abortion access in the United States, but hopefully, uh, funds like the network of abortion funds, collective power fund will make it easy for, well, if not easy, at least easier for folks to get the kind of healthcare they really need. Uh, via reproductive um, healthcare. Uh, so donate and uh, send proof to bundlebuddiespodcast.gmail.com and we'll shut you out on the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. What? What? Uh, Malort, so nice to see you. First yeah, of all, it's my great friend. To- it's great to be here. It's great to hear your voice again. Seriously. Um, great to meet you, Eric. Great to meet you too. Do I do I sound sick? For for the listener, I I straight up fucking have COVID right now and I am podcasting through it, folks. Yeah, you sound like a martyr. Nice. Yeah. That's what you sound like. <laughs> that would be my drag name. Martyr. Martyr. <laughs> awesome. That's brave. <laughs> martyr martyr complex. Yeah, what's what's this white guy got to lose? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Malort, you are—I uh, met you doing comedy in Chicago, but you have made a name for yourself in the last year or so for your incredibly ambitious and fun and funny, but also great drag performances as Malort. Um, Thank you. Uh, and you're also just a big time game nerd freak, like both of us are, which is amazing. You are the intersection of both me and uh, Eric's most toxic interests, which are <laughs> the Civilization games and Magic the Gathering cards. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. One of the very first drag looks I ever made for myself was like uh, made out of magic cards. <laughs> Rad. I like that. That's like, like double fisting to be like doing both Civ and magic. It's, it's incredible to me. I saw, I was looking at your Twitter earlier today and uh, like your costumes that you make are like, like incredible. Like yeah, how, they really are how amazing. Do you have time to play Civ, play <laughs> magic, and then also make these costumes. That's, uh, I'm impressed. Thank you so much. I, um, I play Civ from like midnight to 6 a.m. <laughs> um, depending if I work, because I bartend, so I uh-huh. get home late. 
placeive after that. And then I'll spend all day making drag, um, going to TJ Maxx and buying fake flowers to <laughs> do that with. Yeah, so it's all it's all about balance, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What's it been like to sort of have gone and done one Chicago artistic community in the comedy space and now find yourself in a new one that's very different. Um, what's that been like to make the kind of the transition? And then we'll start talking about games in a little bit. But I'm just very proud of my friend and also very curious what your experience has been like. Yeah, like who's the Sharna of drag? <laughs> no, don't even talk. I don't think her name's ever been mentioned on this podcast before. I don't know who that is. She's I've dead to me i guess um, <laughs> sorry alex asked a, a real question that i also would like to hear the answer to um no i love that question um i think the biggest difference between the two is the difference between um entering an artistic scene in a big city when you're 22 versus when you're 30 mm. um so i started drag during the pandemic uh after i turned 30 and um a lot of my peer group is 22, 23, 24. Uh, and I think the difference is my own mentality of uh, we're going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing here is really going to be make or break. Um, yeah. And also being sensitive to the fact that like, this is the livelihood of a lot of young artists and mm. a big difference between this and uh improv comedy uh as high esteem we hold that in um, <laughs> is not as strictly tied to identity or uh sure. politics so yeah. balancing like being 30 and feeling um i won't say jaded or been there but maybe a little more tempered and patient sure with like this is also incredibly important to a lot of people and it is important to myself as well, as far as identity goes. Um, but I, know I have eight plus years on a lot of these people in my peer group. I mean, that rocks. It's probably, it's like going, it's, you know, like a new game plus kind of a thing, you know, a new game plus. What it, yeah. You know, you've already beaten one game. So you get to go back and do another with like all of your stats, you know, intact or something like that. Right. So if my Pokemon life is like Sword and Shield, I'm currently on Armor Isle. <laughs> the Crown Tundra. Yeah. I've I've beaten the Elite Four, which is Sharna, um <laughs> Adel Rafai. <laughs> all of the people we think of as Titans. Um <laughs> now I'm catching fossil Pokemon. Oh, I love it. Uh that's a good segue. So Pokemon, Pokemon, <laughs> was that a big game for you? Or are you a big Pokemon player? Was that like a, a, a important game for you growing up? Yeah, absolutely. I, I never put down Pokemon. Um, like I said, I am in my thirties. So I did start with the like blue and red, right? Yeah. I had um, blue. Yeah. I don't remember which one I had. Uh, I think I also had blue. My brother had red but we would trade back and forth um, underneath the scorching Phoenix s sky trading Pokemon on the playground. No, actually video games were a big part of growing up for me. I mean, for sure for a lot of people, but 
what are you going to do on summer vacation? <laughs> 116 degrees every day. That's so cool. funny. Yeah. You're going to sit in the dark and play Banjo-Kazooie or take turns <laughs> and watch each other play Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> That's cool. So you have one brother? One sibling? I have two brothers, one older, one younger. Okay. Did you all, all three of you played together? Uh, yeah. Um, my two brothers have very similar taste in games. Always have, uh, they're like, much more like real-time strategy or like uh, StarCraft mm -hmm. uh, was big for them. I was more of like turn-based heroes of might and magic. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Um, Pokemon was big on that too. Like I was more Pokemon Stadium where they were more GoldenEye. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about JRPGs? A uh, big fan, however, not as versed as a lot of people who say big fan. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, like I have uh, Final Fantasy X and twelve. I love. Um, I played were you a jazz ball? Did you play a lot of jazz ball? Is that uh, a Final Fantasy? Oh, blitz ball? Blitz ball? What's jazz? Jazz ball? Oh, jazz ball was that. That mic, <laughs> like uh, free on Microsoft, where you had the the like you put the. Are you talking in? about Fushigi? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Blitzball, Jezball. No, I was really bad at uh, Blitzball, and it <laughs> it was something that stung. Uh, <laughs> like my friend Greg, who's like my big game buddy in sixth grade, we were also each writing our own fantasy novels. Oh yes, um, hell yeah. Which were basically just Final Fantasy X effects <laughs> <laughs> groups. Um, uh, he was so good at Blitzball, and I just could not understand the fundamentals. To me, Blitzball is like the a, a complete nightmare because I'm not. I don't want to play sports, which is why I'm playing a JRPG to begin with. And then you give me a sport in this thing, and yeah. It's kind of a weird sport, you know, there's swimming going on. It's like many directions. It's like a turn-based strategy kind of thing happening, but I don't know. Which is why it was so frustrating for me to be unable to crack it. <laughs> like if I could, I mean, I, I suppose I could play the game right now and go on YouTube and watch hours of like, let's play, <laughs> and figure out, which is what I did for Civ. <laughs> like. <laughs> And whenever I'm cooking or oftentimes if, whenever I'm like putting on my drag makeup, I'm watching a let's play to get better at Civ. Or <laughs> I think I, there was a point for me where like looking stuff up on the Internet at, in regards to video games became like I, it was normalized for me because I think for a long time I was like, no, that's like cheating. Like that's not. That's not authentic to the gaming experience, which is like, you know, discovery and stuff. I think now it's just there's so many fucking games. You're like, oh, yeah, please tell me, like, please, like little 14 year old who has spent like 120 hours on this, like explain things to me. I like I don't have time. You know, so what's funny is that I was the exact same way, Eric, and only recently through conversations with you have I started to open up and be like, OK, it's OK to look at stuff. <laughs> Specifically with Outer Wilds, because I was I oh, was just sure. like so I was stuck in that game for a year, and I find it's like you know what I'm not going to beat this thing unless I get a little bit of fucking help with it. Did you beat it? 
No, I still haven't. <laughs> I'm taking my time. I'll beat it soon. You spent 40 hours this week playing Xenoblade. Yeah, that's right. The new, the, oh, the new one or the I, first I, one? Xenoblade Chronicles 3 came out like literally two days before I got diagnosed with COVID or something like that. And so I've just put 40 hours into that fucking thing this week. I don't think you have COVID at all. Please, I need this. Okay. No one can know that I just wanted to play Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Yeah, I haven't played any of those games, but I got had a, a major a hankering for uh, a JRPG, a big one, a, a modern one. I've never really gotten into like a modern JRPG. Hello? I haven't played any of the new Final Fantasies. I've never gotten into MMORPGs or anything like that. Um, yeah, I don't like MMOs because, again, they're not turn-based. Right. Um, even Final Fantasy XII was pushing it for me because it's like turn-based, but everything is still moving. Yeah, uh, and you're running around. Still, this up. one, this one, Final Fantasy, or rather, Dragon Quest XI: Echoes of an Elusive Age was the last like perfect classic JRPG I played, and Xeno uh, Blade Chronicles Three is not. It's real time, and it mm-hmm. took the, the system is so bizarrely arcane but when it clicks it really freaking clicks and i'm having so much fun with it because it really is like if you are a fan of like spreadsheets and filling out forms you know to like optimize things or like formulas you're gonna have a lot of fun with this game (laughs) yeah i I, first one and loved it i remembered being a little overwhelmed by the crafting yeah is, is that what you mean, like the spreadsheet? Well, in this one, there's a class system. Was that the case in the first one too? I still haven't played the first one, but I think I'm going to at this point. Like it's 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 crazy to me that this has been like you can go back and play like the Xeno Gears games from PlayStation, and there's like a direct lineage from like all those games through uh, these ones. There's like nine games you can play or something like that, which just rips. I'm so happy about that. Um, but this one. I don't know. I've never really played a game where I'm into the English voice acting. And this one has really good English voice acting for the first time. I'm buying it, folks. Good for them. Yeah. Sorry. I some Somebody running for city council, they came and pamphleted my door in the Wh- middle. Of which one was it? Hugo? Sure. He's a good one. Oh, have, he is? I said he could... Xenoblade? Has Hugo played Xenoblade? Yeah, I'm a one issue voter. <laughs> um, I'm lately so Alex and I have this this tension lately where I I think I've fallen off of the like a RPG uh, experience. I I think I'm yeah I'm more I'm more toxic and twitchy now. Like I want like. Well, yeah, four non-blondes don't sponsor any RPGs, to my knowledge. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, none of them are none of them are paying out to four non-blondes. You're a single issue voter in that regard too, which I really appreciate. Yeah, yeah. Who's paying them? Who is paying them? Sorry, but I missed I missed most of that conversation. Anyway, I'm just here to say I don't give a shit. I'm here saying whatever. Let me me maybe rope you in and entice you with this. I uh, recently learned through Google.com that... uh, (laughs) Oh, I'm familiar. Oh, they have that in LA? Yeah, Yeah. they got all kinds of stuff out here. That's good. Good job. Um, (laughs) 
that Legends of Dragoon is getting a remake, which was a big game for me. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I'm gathering neither of you know it. No, no I don't. It's <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> oh, cool. What? Uh, tell me, tell me about Legends of Dragoon. This is a classic game that I used to see at Blockbuster and wish I had a PlayStation so I could play. Like I would look at the cover of this and be like, "Wow, this looks rad." So um, I'm going to be honest. This is really the game that my fantasy novel I was writing in sixth grade is based on. Um, so is there, this- do you have like a one to one? Just about. Okay. Um, just <laughs> like, do you remember characters from your fantasy novel that were then characters from Legends of Dragoon? I I have the forty two pages I hand wrote in oh the other room. God, <laughs> I still have yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. Basically, JRPG. Uh, everyone <laughs> has an elemental diamond that lets them do mega attacks. Uh-huh. Um. Th- that game has a plot. My book did not. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, because, um, what was it called? What's the game that I'm always, that I am always talking about? <laughs> I'm like, cause Pikmin. I started right. What's up? Pikmin. Stickman. I'm just guessing. Pikmin. Pikmin. Rocket League. Um, I've been working no, on my I Rocket mean, League. Uh, no, Shining Force. Shining Force too. I, when I was a kid, I started writing a shine, like a straight up rip off of Shining Force fantasy book, and then also a friend on the bus, um, had shown me Mists of Avalon and like the sex scenes in Mists of Avalon, and so <laughs> I was like. <laughs> In fourth grade or whatever, writing like Court the Warrior, you know, sees the lady. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's probably some really erotic stuff. Uh upon <laughs> revisiting my um my novella as an adult, um I didn't have any female characters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm listening and I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> It's perfect. The two communities, artistic communities you've been involved in too, you know, pretty light on uh, women. Uh, I will say not true for drag. (laughs) (laughs) A a lot of my, uh, my peer group are, are women. That's rad. That's rad. That's that's much better than improv. That's rad, Alex. And I'm here to, you know, that's why I am um, martyr. <laughs> yes. I, do, uh, I'm here to make mistakes so that other straight white guys don't. Do you have Wait. a uh, a first uh, love, like a first video game memory, a core video game memory at all? Like, oh. Can you go back in that way? I think, yeah, my gut says like trying to hang out with like my boy scout friends and go over to their houses so that I could play the Sims. (laughs) (laughs) If we played the Sims, fine. I wanted to play the Sims. Uh, And it was that way with like heroes of might and magic as well. Uh, Heroes of might and magic three, I should say. Okay. The restoration of Arathia. But that one is uh, much more conducive to a multiplayer environment that was heroes of might and magic 
was like we would go to Blockbuster and get a game on Friday, you know, and they're like three day rentals. And I definitely got a Heroes of Might and Magic. And that's not a like sit down and play this over the weekend kind of game. So it was like in my mind, I have like I remember me like going around on a boat, you know, just getting my ass kicked. And then, just, and then just sort of being like, I don't like it. Like this is impenetrable and probably, <laughs> you know going back to like crash bandicoot or something like that like yeah um after this i'll send you like a list of let's play channels that you can learn from. <laughs> so i can go back in time and teach myself how to really really get the most out of my blockbuster experience i never played any of those games but i've heard they're very fun and very hard yeah they seem real hard uh yeah i remembered like playing on multiplayer with just like my friends and my brothers uh and faring all right <laughs> and then like if everyone was busy i was like i'll do one of the story modes and <laughs> just absolute wrecked <laughs> <laughs> so were you like predominantly console or pc growing up uh we were nintendo and pc uh, I still have my PlayStation 2, though, and I use it whenever I need to watch a DVD. <laughs> <laughs> that has moved with me a dozen times. It still oh, works? Fantastic. It still works. Uh, my partner has a DDR floor mat. Uh, so when we were, we had like a New Year's party right before COVID, mm-hmm. and we had like the DDR mat set up. It was oh, a hit. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, little spoiler for or a little fun fact about our producer, Matt Haddock heading into, I think the ninth grade, he was kind of a heavy little boy. And then over the summer, he lost some like 60 pounds playing DDR or something like that, getting really into it. Wow. Uh, which is just in, insane to me and like very impressive. A month. <laughs> what was that, Matt? It's like 20 pounds a month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, right, he was just, also really depressed. <laughs> just love it's either that or he was swimming every day. Who who's knows? <laughs> um, but I, I've never DDR is another one of those ones that's very tough. My brain doesn't work that way. Like, it, I'll, I'll be having a lot of fun on the early levels, and then throw in any kind of complexity, and I just get so crossed up and I, like fall over. Yeah, I think it's got that. It it has that sort of like repetitiony uh gameplay sort of stuff that i don't i don't know I, that i guess i'm not attracted i like sports games i think because it has that repetitiony kind of element to it but with like a different kind of you get like thrown different sort of you know i don't know right like elements you know yeah very Improv- improvisation like, I love improvisation. It's really great. Big, yes, big fan of tag outs. <laughs> <laughs> the party game where everyone's a different creature and you got to figure Let's out. Let's do hot spot. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Is that when you're singing and then? Oh, some, yeah. <laughs> then somebody starts singing another song. Mm-hmm. Everyone's favorite activity is yeah. to <laughs> fast forward through karaoke. <laughs> This week we played three games. Um, why don't we talk about the first one, which uh, 
made me feel genuinely sort of like sad and scared, which was Night of the Consumers. This is from the Racial Justice and Equality Bundle by Germ Food. It's an action 3D comedy, first-person horror, pixel art, retro, single-player survival uh, Unity game. It's your first day of the job, and the store is closing in a matter of minutes. The consumers, with their unrelenting thirst for customer service, are still prowling the aisles, and there, there are shelves that need to be stocked up. The store needs to be kept in pristine condition, and empty shelves will not be tolerated by the manager. Welcome to hell. So this game uh, genuinely like freaked me out a number of times. Yeah. We play a lot of games that say they're about anxiety. This game is about anxiety. Yeah, this, <laughs> like, game, this game really... Oh, it really gets you. It really gets there. Yeah, as we established, I don't like horror movies. <laughs> uh, this game, I, I first of all, I loved the writing. I thought yeah. it was so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for anyone who's ever worked in any sort of like customer service front facing job, it's like, oh, it put me right back there immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was also so scary. <laughs> It's so you're a you're a, a person who's starting the first day on the job and uh, you're going into a convenient convenience store, grocery store. You got to pick up these boxes and stock shelves and then um, customers will come find you and demand to know where different se- like aisles in the grocery store are. And if you cannot get them to the correct aisle fast enough, you will get fired. And when you get fired, all the lights cut off, the place vacates, and you can still move around, and the boss kind of appears, like magic out of nowhere, just runs up to you and then says, you're fired! And it's like a jump scare every single fucking time. Yeah, it's, it's really like, creepy. It really, really is, creepy. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah can you imagine playing this in like VR 3D? <laughs> oh my god. That was my first thought. I was like, I was already overwhelmed at my laptop in the middle of the day with the window open. (laughs) I, uh, I, I, this, like you're saying, Eric, this game is like anxiety inducing to the max. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you guys uh, look at the hints by pressing escape uh, to sort of get your bearings or do you kind of like figure it out as you were going along? The say what now? The hints? (laughs) Yeah. They, they said the, the guy, when you arrive, there's like a quick tutorial, like the, the barest minimum, um, and this guy tells you like, if you press escape, you can figure out, like, he'll give you some like hints on how to do it. And he kind of tells you how it's going to work and that you can throw boxes at people to stop them, which was, I did learn how to throw boxes. Yeah, me too. Um, and that was, that's really funny. Cause these people, the first time someone walked up to me and talked to me, I was like, Ugh! like genuinely afraid of them. They're disgusting, despicable. The guy was like. This guy walked up and was like, ah, yeah, man, I got to keep fresh for my my cologne for the ladies. You know what I mean? Where is it? And then couldn't find it in time and I got fired and it just goes from there. Like you're just it's constantly spiraling. But I figuring out how you can went... throw the box at people is great because it yeah. feels like you take the power back. That's cathartic. Yeah. I never I guess there's like break rooms, too, that you can also hide in. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I didn't go to those. <laughs> At one point, I was doing pretty well, but I was so overwhelmed that I just went in the break room and just sat there for a while because I, was, <laughs> I honestly needed a break from the insanity that was going on outside. And I, I would like look that they did a really good job of just keeping a little crack in the door so you could kind of see out a little bit. And I would like look to see if people would come by, and was like just so afraid. I was so afraid the whole time playing it. 
Yeah, I have never done that in this video game, but I have absolutely lived that experience yes. in life. <laughs> yeah. And like Yeah, I've gotten great advice or heard this before, like never date anyone who's never cried in a walk-in freezer. <laughs> <laughs> I I taught babies gymnastics when I first moved to LA and what? like yeah yeah that's yeah babies gymnastics um they the customers were like all wealthy people um who all had like you know you had rules from your boss my right my boss has rules it's my job to like enforce these rules and then like you know these people would be like can she just go on the zipline by herself and it's like it is my job to enforce my boss's rules like no <laughs> and they would get so pissed at me i had one guy like grab me like to pull me away from like to let his daughter zip on a zip line and i'm like yeah i had to go into this back room filled with like you know plush balls and like blow up donkeys <laughs> and just, like just like fume like like what who the fuck Touch, like touches an employee i don't know i'm fuck this shit yeah i think so this yeah shit. I think it really like, triggered me <laughs> yeah on that idea something that i really respect and liked about this game is like uh not to get like too high-minded but like reminded me that uh video games can be an art form and like put you in a place and make you feel a thing very very deeply yeah and like this could be a cool like empathy engine for people who have never had to work service. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they'd get it. I wonder. No, there's, if, yeah. there's, there's simply no way unless you find it. <laughs> they're there and they're like, this, these people are reasonable. <laughs> I also need a gift for my niece. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was one summer I essentially did this job. Like I worked at a, brooks pharmacy in concord massachusetts and it was like a 20 minute drive versus my old job that was five minutes from my house at the gas station i went there because they were going to willing to pay me an extra i made like considerably more money i made probably like an extra five bucks an hour or something like that so it was worth it to go there you know yeah. like I, it was it was pretty fucking sick but the people who worked there were so unhappy <clears throat> and they saw this kid who was going to school next year and was just sort of stopping in, had a really good ad, ad energy and attitude or something like that. And I'm sure I was pretty fucking annoying in a lot of ways, but they just made it their mission to like shit on me constantly and be oh. so mean to me. And I remember uh, one day I, I got like 30 minutes to eat. And so I was just eating a piece of pizza for dinner by myself, like crying in this pizza cafe nearby because this person was trying to accuse me of shoplifting from the store. Oh God. It, it, it was miserable. Um, so this, I, I really related to this game in a lot of ways. Like it, it felt like kind of my exact experience. Um, although for me, the uh, all the people, like the customers were fine. I didn't have any problem with them. It was the people <laughs> I worked with that were the nightmare. <laughs> uh, yeah. The like weird territoriality of a person who's like worked a customer service job for like way too long. That is like mentally healthy when you're a young person starting out is just... I guess yeah, and then everyone be I don't know. Ugh, I hate it. I hate to think that maybe I worked at a place long enough to like then also become that like rules lawyer. <laughs> like these are these are this place's rules. You gotta follow them. Yeah. 
This shit sucks. Getting mad at me for reading Star Magazine at the checkout when I was checking people out. It's like, come on. Who cares? <laughs> Let me see what's up with Brittany. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the, the art is really cool. It's sort of really pixely and like very horrific looking. The people are genuinely disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this creeping like amount of anxiety. It's fun to, to watch a game that has sort of like a pretty basic um, like move set and like goal, like managed to, to convey so much emotion and uh, have so much happening in it. Uh, let's talk about pass or play for this one. I'm a big time play on this one. This is like an example, I think like you were saying, uh, Malort about like, just like how fucking cool, like a, a video game can be and how much you communicate with like a pretty limited palette. Um, uh, Eric, what do you think? I am. It was maybe too, uh, too good at conveying that emotion for me. I think <laughs> I'm going to be a pass on it just because the experience I found so, um, <coughs> repulsive and that and that's not to say i mean in some ways that's a really good like well done <laughs> like you made a very evocative game um but, but i i know that after a few times of being fired in this video game world i was like i'm good like i really don't need to come back to this um <coughs> that said i yeah i agree with you alex that like with like a very limited amount of it's it's so funny how you can like take it's kind of like the crazy taxi Right. right. Like it's just sort of like you got go here, do this, right? Somebody's gonna ask for something, do that. And um it's funny how like something like Crazy Taxi makes you wanna be like makes you wanna get back into it and do it again. And and maybe that's like that's propaganda for like the working world, whereas this is like very much like no, the working world is awful. It's so maybe hell. I, true yeah, hell. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I, I'm a pass, but you know, with a big thumbs up, I don't like, you know, yeah, absolutely. You should, you should, yeah. I don't know. Malor, how about you? I think, um, I'll remove myself from the pass or play binary and say, this is like something you should experience. Cool. Sure. Uh, to me, like conjured up all of like the like scary adrenaline horror of like the Ocarina of Time zombies uh, it like lives very deep in me um, with like the horrors of Kafka and like (laughs) all on a clerk's set. (laughs) I thought it was a really cool. I'm glad I experienced it. Uh, It's something I will show people. Uh, Probably not something I'll play on my own. Yeah. 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 Um, like did, really good writing. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of this project. Did uh, did any of you guys manage to beat it at any point? Not even close. Yeah, me neither. I, I had a good run going for a while, but uh, it came to an end when a, a woman asked me to find her baby. Whoa, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then you can hear a baby crying in the store and you have to go find it. But then when oh. I went back to where she was, she was gone and I couldn't find her. And then I died because of that. But I was like, oh, oh man, my this is God. Well. That's. Night's a nightmare. Yeah. You know what? That's why maybe Night of the Consumers, uh, Nightmare of the Consumers, we're like, okay, moving on. Blast Rush from the Racial Justice Equality Bundle. This is by Bipedal Dog. Bipedal Dog? Bipedal Dog? It's a 2D bullet hell sh- uh, shooter, pixel art, retro robot, score attack, shoot em up, shmup. 
Ever play a shmup and wish for more, one more bomb? How about as many as you want? The core of the enemy mothership is destroyed and reinforcements are approaching fast, but your guns are weakened. You can't shoot your way out, but you can blast your way out. Blast Rush empowers you with infinite screen-clearing bombs, but keeps up the challenge with increasingly complex waves of enemy drones. Rush to victory. We played a bunch of shmups in this uh, bundle. Yeah, a lot bu- of these, like, uh, airplanes flying. Kinda. Bullet hell, all these bullets yeah. coming, you gotta shoot them. Um, this is sort of an interesting entry in there. It, it's not quite as uh, simple as infinite bombs, like bullet, like screen clearing bombs. The bombs only do sort of a limited sphere of damage, um, from what I could tell. The the it, it's it looks good. Uh, it handles pretty well. You know, it, it's sort of a standard kind of like old school shmup. Um, there's not like a insane number of enemies coming or something like that. My biggest complaint with this game was there was no way to change the controls and you're using the keyboard and the bomb button is Z, which is not in a convenient place by the WASD keys, you know, like, so to, to actually like execute the bombs, it was a real pain in the ass. And it meant that I just really couldn't get into this game because it was not fun to control at all. That's uh, actually where your ultimate is when you're playing Apex Legends. So I found I found it really easy to, to push the C button. <laughs> I played this game for, yeah, I played it for not a very long time. Because I think I, you know, sort of started playing it and I was like, oh, all right, yeah, this is, this is what this is. We've played a lot of them at this point for now for the pod. The one innovation I found in it is that like um when you come really close to uh like an enemy you yes, go into yes. this sort of um uh bullet time kind of mode and that was fun like anytime that happened in the slow-mo kind of came i was like oh that's that's cool um more how about you uh i struggled to make progress in this game <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh infinite bombs that's my comedy career, honey. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was made for it. But uh, I found myself, Alex, similarly uh, unable to access the Z very well. I was doing ADAD back and forth to get the like um, drifting damage on yeah. the sides. That was my strategy. Uh, and, I, and I got a, a workout on my left hand. <laughs> And um, a, a hit to my self-esteem because I could not get far. <laughs> yeah. I felt the exact same way. I think with, with shmups like this, you really want them to handle super well, you know, or if they handle clunky, you don't, it just, it, it feels like this was intentionally, like not, not intentionally obtuse. And if a game is intentionally obtuse, I'm usually willing to meet it at its, where it is to be like, okay, that's part of the experience. This just sort of felt like, oh, and the power and the bomb button is Z and it's right here. And it's like, well, that sucks. Like, why you did you do the, that? You could have used the arrows. You don't have to use WASD. I don't have a keyboard that has arrows, Eric. I have a mechanical keyboard that's subcompact. Whoa. And I so. simply didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh here we are this is why we do this podcast for discovery uh so that we can really learn things um yeah no for me it was- i like that eric your policy is going to be i don't like this game but you guys don't like the game for the wrong reason <laughs> there was well, yeah no i think i it was like yeah i don't know we've played there's like a ton of this game in the bundle um yeah I, which is yeah i don't know was it was there enough of an innovation in the style to, you know to to make me want to play this versus some of the other great shmups in the bundle that we've checked out i don't think so if you're a fan of shmups i think there's maybe something here that's worth checking out the the idea of it being like made by someone who likes shmups and is like well, here's the conceit and why it's a little bit different from it like i do think that's interesting i didn't get that feeling playing it maybe because I'm not a fan of shmups, uh, but I have played quite a few of them that the the conceit was really all that meaty or interesting in here. Um, so for me, for final thoughts, while it looks great, it handles okay, the controls kind of made it uh, uh, irrelevant for me because it just really wasn't very fun to play at all. Um, so I'm a pass on this one. But if you like shmups, I think this uh, might like... Eh, have a bit to say about the the format um and be a part of the conversation with that genre that that you might find interesting so you know i'm a pass with that caveat uh malort what about you uh yeah be, like reading the conceit uh before like oh your bullets are weak but you have infinite bombs uh the bombs didn't feel uh, as powerful as like I was hoping, or it, it didn't feel as exciting as that uh, twist to the genre might have promised for me. Uh, so it's a, a pass for me as well. Yeah. It's also not a turn-based 4X game. So it's it hard <laughs> to get into. Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't, I switch or shoot, switch and shoot is kind of a, a version of this game that I like the innovation on because it strips a lot of stuff away. Other games have this sort of like RPG element where as you play, you can kind of get power-ups and stuff to it. I, in general, it's a a game that I've played a lot throughout my life. And, um, and I don't, I don't feel myself sort of pulled into it. Um, it just, it's not exactly my, not exactly my bag. Um, and then this doesn't have, other than the slow-mo, the slow-mo stuff is cool. That, like, you gotta, I gotta, you know, at least tip my hat to, like, I, I think it's cool when you go into slow-mo and, and that's fun. Um, if they'd but, gone a step further and instead of slow-mo, it turned into, like, a JRPG battle. <laughs> oh, yeah, you could take, do turn-based. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true. That Actually, no one do that. That's mine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm a pass, I think, on this game as well. All right. The last game we played this week was the Rusty Lake Hotel. Um, I, on the agenda, I said, with Malort. Because uh, I, I, but it's just the Rusty Lake Hotel. That's a little, uh, Matt, cut that out of here, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me take that part again. That just hey, made you're me doing fine. That, I, made me, that made me laugh. That's right. okay. You can laugh. You're allowed to laugh in this podcast. I yeah, don't do think take. so. 
The last game we played this week was the Rusty Lake Hotel uh, from the Ukraine bundle. Uh, this is by Rusty Lake. It's a point-and-click adventure room escape game. You're invited to the Rusty Lake Hotel. Welcome our guests to the Rusty Lake Hotel and make sure they will have a pleasant stay. There will be five dinners this week. Make sure every dinner is worth dying for. You uh, nailed the second take. Yeah, you got it. You got it. You got people, people never will hear the first take. Listeners, Alex blew it on the first take. Ugh. He blew it. Might as well call me Bluey, the dog. Everyone just comment how good he did on this take. <laughs> really good. Takes up, folks. Um, uh, so this is, do you remember, uh, Eric, way back when Rachel Ferguson, BB, no. uh, Bundle Lieber, uh, past guests, uh, mm-hmm. she said, like, these are some of her favorite games, uh, these specific games. You can play these games, like, on mobile as well. Um, Big old which, fan base. This is Yeah. This is a very popular game. Beloved. Um, so here's this is I want to ex- like the art is cool, right? Like you, it starts off and like the art on this is this sort of hand drawn. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to say hipstery kind of animals. I don't like it, it, I don't know. Wes Anderson sort of feel to the like. Yeah. Um, you know this this hotel and then like yeah you know that there's going to be murder um and yeah you you walk inside every you kind of meet everyone the way you interact with the world is by clicking on stuff and putting it in your um inventory and then using things you find in your inventory at different points and there's a big focus on uh, escape room style logic puzzles where you're trying to figure out what goes where, when, what to do to uh, answer certain things. In order to kill these guests, to feed them to the other guests. Yes. Um, yeah, I would also say, like, a fun twist is, like, a lot of it is, like, illogic puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> this shouldn't work, or, like, this shouldn't be here, uh, with, like, some creepy horror stuff. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's You can't really argue that this isn't a fantastic game and really, really well done. I yeah I so I started playing it got so frustrated I was like so I I was just like what the fuck like I'm just trying to like get through this game so that I can like have an opinion on it (laughs) and like these puzzles are like hard um so I watched a a playthrough of it and like the the person doing the playthrough of it obviously like has you know that that thing where like you play enough of a certain type of game you have you have like puzzle the, brain they have yeah, pu- they have escape room brain. brain and even them like they were just sort of clicking stuff that i was like i would never i never would have clicked that thing you know i guess i need to be just clicking more on these things like um but they were like ABC, always be clicking finding butterflies and shit like that um did you all did you get through the deer room did you all yeah i got through the deer room I played every room. Of wow. Did you really? Oh, fuck. Yeah, Hell yeah. Did, um, did you play room without room. like any help? Um, no, I, I did yeah. get help. Um, because like similarly, Eric, I was very frustrated at the beginning, but I was so enchanted by like the mm-hmm. art style, the little bit of voice acting in it, I thought was really de- like really drew me in. I was super into it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to at least do two of these rooms. Uh, And I got like help for the first two rooms. And sometimes it was like, okay, I was just clicking like a little bit off. Uh Kind of frustrating. Yeah. Or like 
oh, well, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) That's silly. Uh, And once I kind of like made peace with that, I just had so much fun. I did did the last three rooms on my own and just nice. The pheasant one was my favorite. What's the pheasant was like the vein one where you're doing like a photo shoot, right? Yeah, photo shoot. Yeah. You had to keep finding costume pieces. <laughs> I played through the deer one. So when I, when I booted it up, the first thing I did without realizing that if you enter a room, you have to finish that room no matter yeah. what. So the, it, it's really important to do things in the right order as it goes on. I think this is a game that's really you're, you're meant to kind of like play it through multiple times to be able to actually get the right order. So there's the, you know, kind of the, the game itself of, playing through and figuring out what's happening in the metagame of understanding the right order and where everything like gets served when is. Uh, so the, it, I think it'd be very, very, very hard to get it right. The first playthrough without doing this, which is exemplified by me starting at the top floor, which is usually what I'll do in games like this and entering the pigeon room first. And Oh God, the pigeon room was tough. I, I, I think I figured everything out in there. Uh, but I got to a place where I had accessed the small screaming bird in the electrocution chamber. Uh-huh. Normal. Go on. Was was out of other things to do in the room. I had figured out everything else. Uh, and I couldn't figure out how to unlock the last lock on the poor screaming bird. So I just kept on shocking this bird over and over again, trying to see if something different would happen, leaving it like shocked for a long time to see if like something would happen for a long time. And then you're like, okay, I can't figure this out. I need to go back through and do this with a walkthrough. <laughs> so play the deer room. This is a cool fucking game. You know, like there, there's really um, not much else to be said about it. I think it's, it's worth playing. Even if you don't like escape rooms, to see what it's like to play sort of the very best kind of game like this and see if maybe that makes you jive with it. I will say I am a person who kind of famously fucking hates escape rooms. (laughs) I will not do them. I will not do them with my in-laws. I will not do them with my best friend. I I will not go within 10 feet of them. But I love this game. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you will do them with giant anthropomorphized animals. Well, yeah. <laughs> Did you, are you, do you like puzzle games generally? Like not escape, like escape room escape, but like video, video games. Um, yeah. Like I, like, I really like tactics games. Like, uh, like, like fire emblem. Like those are just puzzles with a lot of like math and some luck. Right. Mm-hmm. So like this, <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm comparing it to Fire Emblem. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, now maybe this is also the only game in the uh, the three that we played where I could take my time. Uh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And think a bit, uh, sometimes to my detriment, like overthinking. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> I, you answered it. You like puzzles. I did. That's yeah. awesome. Good job. <laughs> I should be on more podcasts. <laughs> um, so for final thoughts for this one, uh, why don't you start us off? Uh, yeah, I I did not get um, three gold stars on every meal, mm. which would be the completionist score. And I believe possibly you unlock another room by doing that. Oh. Uh, I might go back and play it to do that. <laughs> We'll see. 
Um, that being said, I don't think it has a ton of replay value, oh. but my experience playing it once was very rewarding, even if I had to check a walkthrough every now and again. They also, I think they've made a bunch of different games. So if you like this, you, you're you in luck. Like you've got... You've I'm got looking forward nice... to the Rusty Lake tabletop role-playing game. <laughs> <laughs> um, every product they put out that is not an actual escape room. Play! Nice. Um, sure. I, I'm also a play. I generally am not like crazy about these click-through... Um, type games the art is cool the the music is cool it's it does what i've asked for in every game which is like give you just as much up top before pushing you into the game like it's just sort of like this is what it is here you go and it's like a really well-designed conceit um very clever very smart and then as i watched a playthrough i was like oh and then and there's like nice little like revelations along the way it's it's very very well done very cool um it's not a hundred percent my cup of tea but that's because i'm a little whiny baby that only likes to play cars being soccer players so that's <laughs> my own failing not the games um this is a play this is really cool really really fun game Alex? yeah i'm totally a play on this one the art it, it it's those 2010 uh hipster animals that they used to sell at urban outfitters <laughs> put into an escape room you know uh, a really well-designed escape room i also don't like escape rooms normally they frustrate me um this game did frustrate me but it's so charmingly done and, and designed and and well made that i think you'd be hard pressed to, to really like not find yourself enjoying it and really kind of meeting it in its own terms um so i'm definitely a play on this one uh, also, uh, on the pigeon level, there is a little um, radio, and I found myself just vibing out to the music for a while, where I, I was trying to figure out what to do, and so I would just flip through and just like listen to a radio station for a long time to kind of like just kind of see if something would happen. Nothing would happen, but I think maybe in my blissed out COVID state or something like that, I would just enter a trance and... <laughs> Hosting them all for like three minutes or something like that. Each of them individually. They were Alex, cool. Alex, the room was so disturbing. That's that's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, folks, that's a triple play on that last one. How about it? Yeah. Um, Malort, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug or, or working folks find you online? If, if you're in Chicago, go see... One of uh, your drag shows, obviously. Absolutely. Um, I am Malort. That is spelled uh, as if you were French and trying to not get a cease and desist. So that is M-A-L-H-E-U-R-T. It's also the French word for misfortune with a T on the end. Um, oh, my God. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Venmo, Cash App, all that good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Don't I don't know when does this come out? Should I plug shows? It'll come out tomorrow or tomorrow. like Tuesday. Spit take. Um, <laughs> I don't, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, oh no, I can't talk about that. Okay, yeah, <laughs> just keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> oh, I love it. Keep your eyes peeled, folks. I'm running for president. Oh my god. <laughs> Thank you.
that was a great episode of Bundle Buddies. Alex, I think we're getting really good at this. I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, no guest next week. Uh, we're just doing uh, some Bundle Boy uh, good times. We're going to figure out some kind of fun stuff with it uh, to get silly with it for y'all. <laughs> yeah. We're going to figure out some fun stuff to get silly with it for y'all. You all love it when we get silly, so we're going to get silly for y'all. Yeah, everyone's, for y'all. everyone's always love loving. Everyone loves to to love it when we get silly. So Dude, everyone's silly love y'all. loving it when we get silly. And so we're going to get silly because you love it. I don't just it. like the Bundle Buddies. I love love the Bundle Buddies when they get silly with it. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Na-na-na-na-na-na. Getting silly with it. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there, please. Track us down on the web at bundle underscore buddies on Twitter or www.bundlewithbuddiespodcast.com. Alex, I love you. I love you, Eric. Bye. Bundle Buddies is produced by Matthew Haddock. Our theme song is Miyoshiki by Roll Music. Email Bundle Buddies Podcast at gmail.com to say hi. Say hi. <laughs>